Going on. live. Going Look, on. we live. Hold on. I'll tell you. Calm down. Yep. Ridiculous. We're live. All right, look. Welcome back to 307 Podcast. My name's Chili, and I'm fired up today. I'm here with my co-host, Blake Wright, Cornbread, and Brooke, tech, tech woman behind the camera. That's right. Look, Chad ain't here. The end is near, and Chad ain't here. All right? Let me tell you something. Operation Red Panda, Space Force Operation Red Panda. You ever heard of it? No, but I'm blowing the whistle right now. You're going to hear about it. Chad Wright, former Navy SEAL, my buddy, came and got me. Got me from Korea. What was that, last week? North Korea, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, north. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. T- we ain't talking about the south. <laughs> Look here, we talking about North Korea, all right? He came and got me. So I'm back here safe and sound, right? You see me in the studio. But look, look, who's missing in this podcast right now? Chad. You know where he is? The border of North Korea and the U.S. Ever heard of it? Huh? That's where he's at right now in his land cruiser. Well, that's really what he gets for dogging your air travel. Yeah, well, he done told me that my hot air balloon crashed. And and when I said, all right, let's go back in my hot air balloon, he said, no, screw you, man. Screw you, Chili. I'm going back in my Land Cruiser. Driving back. Driving back, yeah. So I got in my hot air balloon, came back. Look, man, I'm back here. Huh? Where are you, Chad? He's stuck on the dang border in yeah. his Land Cruiser. The freaking thing, he pulled over at a gas station, and it started dieseling. <laughs> <laughs> now it won't even start. So look, where's he at? He's call in, him up. He's in the dang on Koreans. Yeah, go ahead and call him, Blake. I'm going to have my tech woman do it. All right. All whatever. Right. I'm calling him. Built. Look, y'all y'all at home right now pissed that Chad ain't here. Y'all can freaking get over it. He's in Korea. All right? North Korea. North Korea. What are you going to do about it? Well, Nothing? Because he's fra- freaking overseas on the border. Can you hear him, Chad? Yeah, I can hear him. Okay. Hello. 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 Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Well, look, man, what's wrong with you? Where are you at? I still can't get this stinking land cruiser running, man. Uh, I'm down here on the border of North Korea in the U.S. <laughs> well, give me on your the give, western. Give me your coordinates. I'm on the western front, sixteen Sierra. Three eight three five four seven five Wu Tang one seven three eight four seven eight one one yeah, one one yeah I know where you're at that ain't good Bubba no look man I told Brooke a month ago this stinking Land Cruiser's been dieseling <laughs> and then you know you Chili you had to go on your stinking covert mission. And then, who you going to call, man? When you go down, who you going to call? Hillary Clinton? You going to call? <laughs> who you going to call? The State Department? What do you want? Another, uh, you want another Benghazi? You would be freaking dead right now if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't have called me. All right? I'm you well aware of that. Me, I come down here, bust through the freaking border, come in. Provide a search and rescue op to get you out of there, and then you just jump in your freaking hot air balloon and leave me high and dry. Yeah, I asked you to ride in it, you freaking dillweed, yeah, and you said no. 
Well, I'm not you leaving my an idiot. I'm not leaving my stinking Land Cruiser down there for Kim Jong Un to, you know, <laughs> to molest. Look, man, dude, I don't. I, I don't told you we could have flown it back. He don't leave all his equipment behind. Yeah, we could have flown yeah. it back, but you said no. You said you didn't want the Space Force touching your nasty, your their nasty hands all over your crap. So I said, fine then, drive back. Look, See man, if you can get through I, customs this time. You idiot. I don't know how. Look, man, I don't know how the stinking Space Force works, but in the Navy we got something called MWE, Men, Weapons, and Equipment. We don't leave the battlefield until we have all men, weapons, and equipment accounted for. All right. Listen here, so, you red-headed troglodyte. I asked you to come back with me, and you said no. Well, look, Space Force, they hit that RTB, return to base, at all costs. They'll leave anything behind. Yeah, they're a bunch of sorry sacks. Donald yeah. Trump supporters is what they are. Oh, yep. Lord. Uh, they say personal gear before go. team gear. Yeah, make America great again, son. <laughs> you can, go, hey, you, you can make North Korea great again because that's where you stuck, son. Huh? Look, I but look, I told my what? wife a month ago this Land Cruiser was dieseling, and I found me a FJ forty five frame off restored on uh, on the Facebook Marketplace, and my wife wouldn't let me go buy it. So thank you, biscuit. Now I'm stranded on the border of freaking North Korea and the United States because you wouldn't let me buy a decent running Land Cruiser. So you know you can just be at home. By yourself this evening. That's fine. That's a fat lie. <laughs> what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to cross into Japan and then cross into the United States. That's what you're going to have to do. Mm. You going to listen to me or he not? I didn't think about that. <laughs> no, he didn't. But if you're going if you, if you to get back, that's how you're going to do it. Yeah. You need to listen. Yeah. Well, no, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I've already done. I've already called Hillary Clinton. And I, I've told her about my situation. And her and Bill are supposed to be coming down here. Uh, they're coming down here on a C-17, and they're supposed to pick me up, and we're going to pull the Land Cruiser up on their private C-17. Hillary said she made a bunch of money from speaking engagements while she was uh, head of the State Department. And so she's actually going to told me that she was going to spend her, her personal money to come down here and get me out of this pickle. The only problem is we don't know when she's going to get here because she doesn't have a very good track record. Well, I don't so know if you I'm heard... here until she gets here. She's about as dependable as that Land Cruiser, isn't she? <laughs> well, I don't know if you heard the news today, but Bill won't be coming, man. He's in the hospital. He burnt his hand on a bong. What? <laughs> Whoa. Bill's in the hospital again. <laughs> Yeah, man. Bill's in the hospital today, man. He, he was burnt smoking. his hand on a bong. He, he was smoking, man. Burnt his hand. Mm, he ain't, ain't going to be traveling right now. You're going to have to have Hillary come. Burned it on a bong, I guess, is better than a crack. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what. He better hope he ain't in a, in a hospital in Kazakhstan. <laughs> no, he's in, the, did, he's in, he's in uh, Cedar sinai Did y'all hear what they was doing in Kazakhstan? No, what they doing. I never uh, heard of Kazakhstan. <laughs> they're taking these. Uh, they're taking these men that have abused children, and they're cutting their weeds off. <laughs> Dang right, they are. That's fantastic. Uh, well, they are. They they are straight up taking these these jokers that have abused children, 
and they are straight up cutting their weeds off. They said it was the only way to stop it. So, oh, Bill, but I hope he ain't down in Kazakhstan, son. <laughs> He'd be worried about he a goes, lot more than that burnt hand, won't he? You ain't lying, boy. Lord. Well, well good. Good. Yeah. We're going to hope he's in Kazakhstan. Well, what are y'all, what are y'all going to talk about today? Well, right now we're talking about you because you ain't here. But when you get off the line, we're going to answer some questions or something, I guess. I mean, we, you know, we're inept. We are totally incapable of coming up with a topic without you. So we had to rely on the audience again. Well, well how, how, how is YouTube doing? We YouTube. Are... What's up, YouTube? I miss you guys, man. Huh. Are they? Are, <laughs> are they miss how... you? Hey, look, YouTube. I need this uh, other Land Cruiser, this FJ-45. Look, drop a minimum during this episode in the Super Chat. No. Drop a minimum of $40,000 in this Super Chat. Look, all right? I've, I've got a deal. I've got a deal. If if we can get the YouTube Super Chat up to 35000 I'll donate 5000 so you can get that, Chad. Holy smoke. All right, YouTube, you heard it. You want me back on the podcast, we're going to have to float uh, a $35,000 worth of Super Chat on this episode. I know y'all can do it. I know y'all want me back. We're about I to know hang I'm up. At, I'm yeah. at least worth that. You tell that me when to pull the YouTube. plug on him, Chili. We're about to hang up. This is getting ridiculous. I'll even pay the taxes on all that money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, YouTube, uh, if you guys are coming out to the race this weekend, drop a drop a. Uh, oh look, we got a four. Look, I'm I'm logged on here. We got the super chats are coming in, son. Oh, come They're on. Dropping in. Tell them to hey, stop. You're up you to seven dollars. If you're coming out to the race this weekend, let us know you're coming. Uh, we hope to see a bunch of you guys out there, and um, also, like. Blake's about to Blake's about to have my book ready, man. I'm super pumped about that. So I hope y'all enjoy that. I love you, YouTube. Get ready for a the best gun review you've ever seen coming out on Saturday. You're gonna see me do some of my best work with a pistol. So y'all just stand by for that. I love you guys. Well, also we're gonna probably release our documentation of this uh, this trip, this mission over there to North Korea too. Oh, yeah. What, Friday? Maybe. Well, the first part, it's actually an ongoing saga, so. Well, yeah, it's still happening, but since we made Yeah, back, I, well, I, I'm, filming, I'm filming down here right now what it's like being stuck on the border mm. uh, of North Korea and the United States. So I am capturing this. I, I have I've recorded the calls with Hillary that I've made. Um, Donald Trump won't answer my calls. Hillary's the only one that'll answer my calls. She's a saint, ain't she? <laughs> yeah, she really is, man. Hillary, you know, she's done. She's been doing a lot of good for the world. She's really turned a new leaf. I hear you. I don't man. know if you guys have seen the latest news on her, but Hillary Clinton has really turned a leaf, and she's doing a lot of good for the world and a lot of good for me. So it's always good when you turn a leaf. So. <laughs> We'll look for Bill to recover and hopefully do the same. We'll send him over yeah. to Kazakhstan. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
All right. Uh, I'll be watching that Super Chat YouTube. Remember, 35000 I'll have this FJ45, and I'll be able to come on back to the house, and I'll see y'all on the podcast next week. Lord willing, if y'all pull through for me. All right. If not, I'm probably just screwed. Unbelievable. Well, thanks for calling. We love you. We're, uh, we're going to get you home soon, even if I got to come get you. Yeah, we all know that ain't happening. <laughs> we'll see. Love you, boo. Be careful. Yeah, I'll try, baby. It's a dangerous area down here. It's freaking crap. This is worse than Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm hanging up. Bye. All right, love you guys. Bye. Well, there you have it. Hmm. All right, YouTube. There That's you where Chad's it. at. I know y'all were wondering. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 Super chat just came through from Jesse Porter. $5. This is for that hottie corn. Whoa. 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 Get, Moves made. Getting wild. That just kind of irritated me, so we're going to move on real quick. <laughs> well, Ben's that. Corn had a story he was going to tell, oh, and, well, and that kind of goes wait, right along. Wait, with can that. we give the, the preface to where this, why this story got kicked up? Because when we all walked in here, oh. it's Blake was the only one in here setting up, and it smelled like a year, like a turd was laying on yeah, the floor. Yeah, it smelled like a raccoon's it butthole. It smelled like yeah. that when I got in here, too. It, yeah, no, I noticed no. that. That's what it smelled you, like. You yeah. are nasty, and it, it permeated this whole... It still smells in here. Well, listen. And so that started a conversation about some lady that's in this building and... Listen, my kids... <laughs> My, what was it, boo shame? My kids won't flush their turds down the toilet. I try to train them to do it. Hmm. And poor Joe, she sits up front of the toilet. You know, we've got the elongated toilet, not your <laughs> regular little round one. Hmm. And she sits so up front, her turds oh, don't, don't go into the water. <laughs> so they land straight on the porcelain, and they form this bond to the porcelain. <laughs> And you can flush the toilet ever how many times you want after it's sit there for about an hour, and it will not go down. You've got to get some object to force it down. And so I keep telling them, look, baby, y'all got to flush the toilet when you're done, right? I mean, come on. And they won't do it. So I've just started leaving mine in the toilet. <laughs> and they don't. How is that an appropriate response? <laughs> well, Still I don't like them. seeing theirs, and so they also don't like seeing or smelling mine. <laughs> and so it's starting to work. It's start. It's taking effect. I know that might be an odd approach for some of you guys, but it's working. So if you if y'all have problems with your kids doing that stuff, just try doing that. Uh, and it it has worked. I've seen progression. In this, and so give it a shot. You know, if you guys are having problems with this, uh, and that's kind of what spurred the story for corn. Uh, we, you know, and so you know, <laughs> what was so that? What happened, corn? Well, I told Blake this story the other week. First off, what I was telling him is there's other people in this office that use that bathroom, and I'm primarily here the majority of the time, so don't be going in there stinking up that bathroom. And then the people think I did it. <laughs> turn turn the fan on. And I went in there and the fan what it hadn't even been turned on. Period. Well I'm yeah. trying to Rub. keep people out of that bathroom that ought not be in it. You he, know what I mean? He's trying to boo shame you, Corn. Yeah, he's trying to boo shame me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people are gonna be looking at me like, Holy smokes, that joker's stank. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I told Blake this story the other week. 
Me and Buck and another buddy went to Lake Gunnersville duck hunting. <laughs> and Buck was probably – both the boys, they're going to listen and be ticked off at me. <laughs> They've always had a problem with clogging up the toilet. <laughs> when they, was, they still Jeez, do it. I can see that. <laughs> I mean, constantly clogging up the toilet. <laughs> so we go over to Alabama and we get – I don't even know what you call it. It ain't even like a motel. These people just got these, these bunk houses – to rent for people that's going to stay and hang out at the lake and whatnot. So we're 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 in there and one hits me. I mean it hits me hard, son. I ain't got now gallbladder. So when I got to go <laughs> when I got to go, son, I got to go. Dad Bob <laughs> And Buck had just come out of there and I could tell by the look on his face he clogged that toilet up <laughs> and didn't say nothing. And I rushed, I rushed in there. And they, you can't just go down the road to the store no. and use the bathroom. There ain't a store close by. I'm like, holy smokes, what am I going to do? Am I going to go on top of this? And have even a, so yes, sir. In, in a speedy dilemma, <laughs> I had the wise idea to hop in the tub. <laughs> oh, my God. That really is just a big old toilet, ain't it? <laughs> and go in the tub. But let me let me without oh trying to sound really nasty. <laughs> you can't mash that down the drain. They said they ain't quite as they ain't quite as pliable as what you might would think. What you might think. You can't match that down the drain with oh the shower on, God. hot water, pure hot water. No, Holy it was, crow. It was a struggle, son. Like a clay bar. <laughs> oh, he told me that story. I laughed. I got the next morning laughing still. Dude, let me tell you something. You ain't going to laugh harder than when you're around corn and him telling you a story. I mean, good Lord. Just to clarify, Corn, you doo-dooed into a, t- a tub drain. Yeah, I mean, I was in there full body squat <laughs> and, and took a deuce. Over the drain? You hovered over the drain? Over the drain. <laughs> but to clarify, you didn't make it in the drain. You made it beside the drain, and then you tried to wash it, it into the drain. It was all around the drain. <laughs> and then I turned the hot water shower on. Well, first I tried just the faucet, <laughs> and it that wasn't working too well. So I turned the shire on and aimed it straight down to it and took the plunger and tried to mash it down the drain. Son, whoever come in there with that plunger, don't stay in room number 312 over in Gunnersville. God, it straight was up nuts, man. It took probably 20 minutes to get that cleaned up easily. Easily. Then you now you know and- when we travel why I have to have shire shoes to get in the shire because they ain't. They might- liable. It's liable to get deep. <laughs> it's liable to. Well, you know if you've done it, a bunch of other people. Somebody's have done. done. I ain't uh, the only JC person. on YouTube called it the waffle stomp. <laughs> Good night. Oh man, that sounds so appropriate. Mm. Oh, can I share my story? Yeah, Chad it always scares me when you ask to share. Chad something. won't ever let me share the story because I get halfway through and he goes, "Oh, baby, stop!" Oh yeah, I know the story too. Wait, Should t- she share it, Chili? Well, you talking about the bag story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Am I allowed? Oh yeah. Well, you ain't got to ask me, but I mean, it 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 just gets slapped 
ridiculous. It more ridiculous than using a plunger and hot water to flush your turd down well, a, that's a pretty, tub. That's, that's pretty heinous. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's different? Corn's a dude, so y'all are just like, ah, that's so funny. And then I go to say it, and y'all are like, ew. Well, get to it. You're nasty. Gross. Come a wo- a woman Come that on. a woman that poos. That's disgusting. Anyways. <laughs> So, when we lived in San Diego, I was heading over to a new SEAL wife's house. I was trying to become part of the group, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was on antibiotics, and it tore my stomach up. And I had, like, a probably 20-minute drive, all interstate. And there's no trees where we were in San Diego. Like, there's a guardrail, and then it's just open Mm -hmm. bank. And there's houses. And I was probably, like, two miles from my exit, hit traffic, And my gut started rumbling. And I immediately got the chill bumps. Everything bottomed out in the pipe. And then I started sweating. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, this is bad. Because you know that moment where you're trying to figure out if you're going to be able to hold it or not. Yeah. Like you're assessing. You're checking on your toes. You're checking like, how's my blood flow? What's my breathing like? Is my heart rate at? (laughs) Can I hold? I I don't get real scientific about it. but (laughs) Can I hold this in? And I decided I couldn't. It was it was coming no matter what. And in Georgia, for a couple years when my stomach, well, probably a year when I was eating a lot of plant-based food, like mystery beyond meat and stuff, Chad, Chad named me the highway crapper because I would always have to pull off on the highway and go poo. But in Georgia, you just jump the guardrail and there's usually a tree, you know, and nobody knows what you're doing. So this was San Diego. I didn't have that option. So I started panicking in traffic, looking around in the car. What am I going to do? No cups, no nothing. But I had just got gross. Because well, that's a good option. I just, it is <laughs> hey, a good option. Hey, here's my here's drink cup. I had that orange juice in this morning. Let me just take a crap in it. I, <laughs> I had just got groceries. So the only thing I had container-wise was a grocery bag. So... It, this is this is all happening within like 15 seconds. I don't have time to think, right? So I take this grocery bag and I use my legs on the floorboard to like push my back into the back of the seat so hard that I'm hovering and I slide that grocery bag up under my butt <laughs> and I manage to get my jogging pants down and I crap in that bag. <laughs> <laughs> have a plan for what i was gonna do after that and so you just had an exit plan you didn't have a <laughs> right right and so in an attempt to reach under and close the bag up before mm. i yank it out from under me yeah i just fell all right i lost oh. I, <laughs> I lost oh crap <laughs> I lost my my bracing against the seat. I lost my strength in my legs. Landed in it, and then I didn't know what to do. Then you just sit in it. Right. So I did. I just sat in it for the next probably eight or nine minutes till I get to this chick's house. And when I got there, I texted her. I said, can you come outside, please? Oh, <laughs> and when smoke. she got there, I rolled down the window, and I, I just told her very shortly what happened and asked her if she could get me a towel and if I could use her shower. 
And I never saw that chick again. <laughs> well, yeah, I was <laughs> no, going to tell you. That's not I, really the way you go about that when you first meet somebody. Yeah, I mean, when you're first meeting somebody, you what you do is you call her on the way there right after that's happened, and you let her know you've been in a horrific accident. <laughs> 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 and you will not be able to make it. <laughs> you are okay, as far as you know. <laughs> but um, horrible accident, won't be able to make it. I'll see you again sometime uh, down the road. Yeah, that's so there's, you, you got that. That's, there's, that's happened, you know. That's rough, son. Chad's never let me get through that story. Well, we've gotten through it, and I'm well, glad. you know, he kind of, you know, you represent him in a little bit of a way, and so he probably kind of snuffs that out, and, uh, but I'm glad it's out there now. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for it's letting me share. It's on air. It's per- you know, it's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there. I got, so. I'm for all the women that have pooped their pants and want to talk about it. I am. I'm here for you. I support women. Oh. I'm done with this sexist crap about pooping and farting. I'm over it. Well, you know, the internet is forever. Shaving our legs. I'm over it. Everything. I'm you over could start it. a nonprofit at WWP Women Who Poop. <laughs> <laughs> start I up think, a nonprofit. I, you get, you know, people boo shaming yeah. people out there. That's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. All yeah. these freaking white guys on here on YouTube, <laughs> when corn sharing, they're laughing, right? Then I start sharing my story, and there's a bunch of puke faces. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Idiots. Well, in, in the stores comparison, I'm, I won. I didn't get crap on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know they what I mean? even used the plunger to mash But it. see, my story was victimless. You know what I mean? Like, I was the only victim. There's a good chance the next person that stayed in that room was exposed to your no, poop poopicles. No. He cleaned no, it up. No, no, so we had to stay another night, too. That was night one. In the shower and everything worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I got the toilet so, unstopped. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. What's your what's your poo story, Chili? Oh, I've got too many to count. Didn't you let a turd out in mid-race and just oh, shake many, it out many, of your shorts <laughs> and keep running? Listen here. We ain't going to get into it, but I've crapped myself 9 to 13 times in my life. <laughs> and they've all... As and an they've adult? All, and, oh, yeah. And they've all been wild. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, wild. I mean, well... Kid slash adult, yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm still a kid now, you know. I ain't yeah. really, you ain't an adult till you, you know, fifty. Some somebody said on here that they they thanked me for sharing. You're welcome, JC. He said he has moderate to severe ulcerative colitis. I've heard that on a commercial. I've got moderate to severe hi- hyperhomogeneous extralopathy, so <laughs> I, I commiserate. With what him. I wanted to finish saying was, he said he has been in many many serious situations. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There, well, there Mike's are people, gonna shut Brooke down so fast. Well, there are people who are loving this and think it's hilarious, and then there are people who are like, "Okay, that's enough. Like, let's get to the meat." It's pretty fifty-fifty. I'm one of those people. On, well, let's kind of get to the meat. On, on, yeah. There's, there's a good fifty-fifty people that are enjoying it. And James Wright said, "You're sick." Well, that's ironic. Anyway, hmm. look, I'm gonna steer this back to um, what you had as an idea last night that I thought was a very good idea because like I mentioned earlier we're all pretty inept we don't we don't come up with ideas we just let Chad come up with ideas and just let him talk and then when he wants us to respond we go ahead and respond he doesn't give us a choice so you know I asked all of us if we had an idea and we all just pretty much looked at each other so Brooke had the best idea to ask Instagram for inspiration and I think a lot of people have responded in I'll check the three of seven Instagram see what they had to say but what um while you're doing that I can go over race details real quick if you want. Well, that is one question that has been on the hearts of many 
And uh, I have something to say about that. Yeah. Do you want me to read one of the questions to you and you can... Well, sure. Go ahead. You can fill them in. Um, By the way, this sweatshirt here, just to let you know, I'm wearing this in honor of Chad um, <laughs> being being gone. Even baddies get saddies. Oh, you got the saddies, all right. Yeah. Oh, Chad's got the saddies or Chili's got the saddies? Well, I've got Chili. the saddies. I'm missing Chad. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the question about the race was... Can you guys talk about race details that aren't on the website? Like, can we have our own supplies next to the start line if we want to change shoes or fix blisters or bring a tiny cooler with hydration pre-mixed, et cetera, or is it only what y'all provide? All right, look. John Ton 9. Look, man, I know some of y'all, probably this may be your first ultra, and that's great. We, we're, we're excited you're coming. We're honored that you would pick our race. But look, man, some of these questions, you're worried about the specifics. We ain't the daggum police over here. I mean, look, if you cut the course, yeah, you're, you're a daggum cheater, and if we find out, you DQ'd. Other than that, just it's pretty much open. I mean, Well, some races got so many dad blame rules well, that's what that I'm you feel like well, you got to walk on eggshells that's what I'm to even telling run you. it. You ain't got to do that when you're here. We yeah. don't have, like, any rules. We ain't got no rules, man. You just, like, don't cheat. Yeah. Honest and integrity through it all. Yep. There ain't no rules, man. You want to set up your own personal aid station? Good to go. You want to take care of your <clears> daggum blisters? You ain't got to come get, K, you know, whatever products from us. Well, actually, we won't have them for you, so. Well, exactly. Yeah, we ain't going to have them, so. But, well, my. Depends on what you gonna have a blister kit out there. I mean, Salty Bridges is gonna be there. Yeah, so well, it depends well, on what that's they, to prevent blisters. Depends, yeah, once you got them, we ain't got. I mean, look, it just depends. You can bring whatever you want, man. Well, if you want to set up a daggum huge tent full of what your own personal massage table and your own this and that, go ahead, man. Chili is our medic on site. So if you get a blister, if you have a headache, if you do your pants. If you twist your ankle. Or you got knee pain yeah, or something. If you hurt your knee, Chili will fix you. No, sir. Just yep, find him. Any of those things just named right there, if you come find me at that, I'm going to look at you and say, go run. <laughs> look, if you come to me and tell me you got a slight headache or a blister, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you if you want to quit. And if you tell me no, then I'm going to say, keep running. <laughs> That crap's ridiculous, and y'all got to quit doing that stuff because it's ticking me off. <laughs> if, if it's slight, don't come. To, if it's moderate to severe, then come see him. What? You come to me when there's a daggum tragedy on the course. A tragedy? Right? A tragedy. <laughs> you understand? All right, Chad, don't, your... don't go too long on these questions now. Okay, let me – I'll since we're on it, I'll give a quick overview of the race for people who want a bunch of details. But I do agree with Chili. Like, we have the timeline on Ultra Sign Up. And the address, and you know the loop. I don't know what else. Our, our only rules are going to be park where our volunteers tell you to park. Don't go rogue and park somewhere where we're going to have to find you mid-race and make you move. Respect the runners around you. There's a lot of people that are going to be taking it easy on this, this course <laughs> because it's technical. Yep. But if you have someone who's competing who comes up behind you and says, on your left, you need to move. I mean that's it, really. Other yeah, than man, that, you know, you know when and where it starts. That's about all you need. Yeah, you've and you've been given way more than that. Yeah, but so look, we ain't got no rules. We're gonna surprise you with, you know, when yep. and where it starts. Show up ready to run. You'll be good. Yep. Bring your tools. Bring your tiny cooler. Bring your wife. Bring your dog. Bring your kid. I don't care what you bring. Do it. It's yep. gonna rain. We don't care. Everything's gonna be the same. So, um, morning of, I will say, morning of, we will have volunteers. Parking is going to be strategic. So, 
Don't go rogue on that. We're going to have a coffee truck. I'm going to go ahead and say this because I feel self-conscious about it. I did not do t-shirts this year. And I told Chili last night I feel guilty. He said I shouldn't. Instead, we paid for a coffee truck. We paid for two massage therapists who are amazing for the whole day. Um, massage. Yeah, I, I got, y'all know I threw down on food. And then we had to pay to have food trucks come out. So it ended up being the same. But we're just paying for experiences instead of a t-shirt. Look, so y'all don't need no dang t-shirt. <laughs> if you complain about that, it better not be to me. Better be to somebody else because right, somebody right. that'll hear it. All right, Chad. So first thing in the morning, we'll have a coffee truck. Around 1130, food trucks will show up um, available for food. Massages, pre, pre-race massage as well as mid-race massage, all free. If y'all want to bring cash to tip um, the coffee people or the massage people, whatever, do it. We'll have merchandise available. Um, cash or Venmo only. Yep. So we, we aren't going to... that cash, though. <laughs> we, we, we're not going to have a card reader. Um, that's really it. I mean, yeah, that's it. Can y'all think of anything? Nope. Nope. I think I think you've went above and beyond as the race director here, Brooke. Thanks. Yeah, I I'm think... I'm serious. I think that's it. Uh, it's all about just spending time in community and pushing yourself. That's that's The rain will, will make it better, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Who so. even knows how much it'll rain? That's just a surprise. Quit looking at the forecast, you weenies. Oh, you call me a weenie. No, I ain't calling you a weenie. I'm calling all these runners who are looking at the forecast, worried about if it's going to rain, deciding if they're going to show up or not. Look, are you going to show up or not? Look, the race ain't canceled because it's raining. Look, if something, if some tragedy happens and 3 of 7 cancels the event, well, then all right, we'll cross that when we get there. Well, but they'll hey, just show up and go run yeah, it. Yeah, man, it's on. The daggum thing's on. All right? Huh. <laughs> Freaking, what are you even doing? Holy crow. Y'all know the deal? <laughs> what other questions y'all get? <clears throat> well, that was the main one about the race. Someone asked me, uh, or asked on 307 that I saw, how's the course looking? Well, look, man. There's a couple fallen trees y'all are going to have to climb over. Yeah. Chad told the park yesterday, they said, we'll get on that trail and move a couple trees. He said, nope, leave them. Yeah. And that lady looked at him like he was crazy. <laughs> And uh, he said, leave those trees. He said, I want to see people on their fourth lap clamoring over that tree. <laughs> Didn't he, Corn? And yeah. we just looked at him like, heard yeah. that. So they're leaving. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, the course is looking good, but I don't know what you want it to look like. It's a daggum technical, difficult four-mile loop. You look, don't have it all, man. If people go out there and by the end of the day, you've met a few new people and you're tired, that's all we care about. That's it. Like, did you meet new people? Are you exhausted? Check. That, that's what we want. Good food, good company, and, and an opportunity to push yourself. That, that's what we're trying to provide. And, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I've got one for Chili since he's in this awesome mindset, this mm-hmm. awesome mood. That yep. He's, he's spicy today. Tater chip. One seven eight. Tater chip one seven eight. How you doing, brother? Well, we know a tater chip, don't we? We do. Is Chili Noah Cochran? Whoa! Well, that, I mean, that's that's like I've never seen both of them together myself. Yeah. It's like saying it's Blake Bryan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what Tater <laughs> Chip is getting at. I mean, is is somebody somebody else? Well, that's a daggum nonsensical question. So, I I don't even know how to respond to that. 
Well, let's break it down to who he thinks Noah Cochran is. I'm assuming he's he's probably talking about the ultra runner Noah Cochran. I've oh, never yeah. I've never heard of him. You don't ultra run though. You all you do is pull ups, right? Correct. That can't be him. Hmm. It's hard to say without knowing. Anyhow, I got a good question here. Shoot. And an actual good question. <laughs> <laughs> This is from JMP in the garden. Oh, yeah. I like him. Did you see his question? No, but I see him him all the time. Okay. He said, uh, maybe a bit late. You're not. We got you, JMP. But why people won't commit, i.e., late sign up for your 307 race, getting out of comfort of sloth, getting into the word daily, committing Mm. to what the Lord commands. Are we just too selfish with sin and turn off the guidance of the Spirit? Question mark. So why people won't commit to things is basically his question. What's your opinion on that? Ooh, that's a good one for you, Blake. You talk about this a lot. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, commitment's a big deal to me. Uh, just, I mean, it just always has been, and people give me crap and say, oh, Blake won't tell you till so-and-so, but, you know, I don't want to tell somebody, look, I'll be there and then not be able to be there. Like, it's just a big deal. So... Maybe sometimes I seem non-committal, but it's because I value commitment that much that I want to be sure. Maybe I've got a lot going on, and that's not the priority. You know, maybe if it's the 307 race, maybe that's not the priority for my life right now. And I would like to be there, but I can't. So maybe I commit last minute because I'm sure that I can be there. But I would say non-committal people, uh, at least for me, is because I want to be sure that I that I can actually fulfill the commitment. So that could be because maybe you got too much going on in your life. Uh, I tell I told some people at the proving ground, you're gonna to have to say no to some stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You got you got two, three, four kids, and every one of them's doing three sports. Yeah, and you got to and and you ain't got no time for your wife. You ain't got no time for your kids. You ain't got no time for yourself because you ain't saying no to nothing. You got, I mean, man, you got to simplify your life down. I mean, even me, I'm saying yes to too much stuff. I feel like I don't have time to do anything good. I, I do all these different things, but I don't do any of them real good. That's what I get sucked into. Yep. Just a bunch. Of, I'm good at doing a bunch of different things and not doing them well, and but that's not good. So that's a good reminder for me, but what's y'all's thoughts on it? <clears throat> I've definitely in the past said yes to way too many things and neglected the things I should have been taking care of a hundred a hundred percent. So I that pause like I think it's it was hard for me to to develop that pause <clears throat> and realize I was doing that and I didn't do it until I become sober. Yeah. You know, you want people to like you, you mm-hmm. want to I'm I think it's important when your friends call your family members to answer the dang phone. Yeah. We're all busy. We all work. And there's times where you just can't. But, like, what kind of friend are you actually being if you don't pick up the phone or yeah. family member if you don't pick up the phone yeah. and answer it? Like, like seriously, I'm going to tell you what kind you're being. You're, you're being the kind that only wants something when you want mm-hmm. it, only wants to help in the in the time when you want to help. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have to say yes when you shouldn't. Yeah. 
like really, I mean, sometimes some people are in some show enough binds. Yeah. And you ain't going to want to. So I think there's a happy medium to find right there. And you're going to make mistakes even in that too. Oh, yeah. And I, like I said, I didn't start thinking about that till I was sober. It was always yes, mm-hmm. you know, with with just about everything. But there are times where you have to say yes when you don't, when you probably shouldn't. Yeah, just to help that person get through whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Blake talked about it from the angle of kind of being careful and being wise about what you commit to, and then Corn got into once you're committed, what you do. I mean, once you are committed to something, whether that was a mistake to commit to it or not because you're overextending yourself, you have committed. So, once again, whether that was a mistake or not, not doing it at that point is because you're daggum lazy, if that's <laughs> what you asked it. It's because you don't care about your commitments. You don't value your commitments. You don't value who you committed to more than you value yourself. That's what that's about. And and, and saying, well, I committed to something that I shouldn't have, I overextended myself, ain't an excuse Learn from it and don't and don't keep making that mistake. But when you've committed to something, and he's talking about committing to his faith and committing to, you know, being in the, it's because you don't want to do it more than you want to just do this other crap you want to do. That's why, and I'm guilty of it too. But I'm just telling you, that ain't complicated on why you commit to something and then don't follow through because yeah. you don't care, you don't care enough. I I identify with everything y'all are saying, and I think. I've been navigating this probably the last four years because I am naturally like, I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to like me and like know my intentions. And I don't want people to read me the wrong way. Like I'm always concerned. Like, for example, someone says, hey, can you get together or can you do this? And I have to say no. I'm like, dang. Yeah. I can't help it. My mind's like, they think you don't like them. They think, especially if I have to say no, and I have lately a lot, over and over and over again, I have to say no. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, they think I'm just avoiding them. They Mm -hmm. think, you know, I have to fight those thoughts. But the more I do it, the more I've also got better at being just straight up honest with people. Like, even even my family. Like, I think it was like two or three weeks ago, uh, my mom asked if they could come over. And I, I said... I thought about saying, we're busy. Like, we got a lot going on. The truth was, it was a Sunday, and the week had been wild. No spare time, no breathing room, and I had had no time alone. And when I don't have time alone, I start feeling funny. And so I decided in that moment, like, I'm just going to be honest. So I said, Mom, we don't have anything going on tomorrow. But I really need a day to myself. So, and she wasn't in like any crisis or anything. Like she just wanted to come over and hang out. But that was really hard. And she responded and said, well, I don't like that. But I appreciate you being honest with me. Uh-huh. And she was honest too. Yeah. You know, and and the more I do that with with people, the more I'm like, okay, this is how it should be. And the people who I don't know well, who I say no to, and they do feel a certain way about it. I it just is what it is. Like yeah. who I mean, but I agree with you, Corn. I try to keep uh like there are people in my head. It's family and then I keep it to like I think probably my circle is probably four friends. And I intentionally like those people are my priority. And at this point in my life I can't handle many more people that are my like 
like you're saying, like if they call at two o'clock in the morning, like I'm there, period, whatever. But the the capacity, like the committal thing, especially with other people, there's so much demand on us to maintain all these micro relationships, like through social media and through our jobs and through, you know, just community stuff. Like, and I want to maintain all of those, but I don't have the capacity. I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail on this subject, but I like this subject. So, Well, I, I heard uh, Jesse say one time, people like to know what to expect. Yeah. And oh, man. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's, I think, I mean, I'd never thought about it that way, but if you think about it, I mean, you hate to say these things because then people feel pressured to be this certain way for other people. And I think people should just truly be themselves, but there are certain ways that, you can be in order to make things like make things more uh, organizationally sound or, you know, more, maybe more peaceful. I don't know what the word would be, but you got to know what to expect with somebody. I know if I call Chili up, I generally know how he's going to respond, maybe where he's going to be at. You know, a a lot of people are that way, but there's some people that you call and you think you're kind of cringing like, "Mm, what, how are they going to be when I, when I talk to them here? And so in the, uh, category or the the topic of commitment like is if you say no to everything that's fine if people know what to expect just say hey look man you know I got a lot going on keep asking me but it, the answer will probably be no I appreciate you asking me keep on doing that because there'll be a time when I can come but a lot of times it's going to be no and so as long as people know what to expect know that you're honest with them I think that's the biggest thing well yeah and that's just called I mean that's just being consistent with your character and your I mean, like, it's it's volatile people. Like Blake's saying, when you call somebody and you're cringing, waiting on what they're going to say, I mean, that's that's volatility. That They're driven by the wind. And they, yeah. you know, you, like, Blake is the, the epitome of just an even keel, consistent person. I mean, he doesn't, he's not, he's not, you're not, like, wondering with Blake, oh, is he going to be, it don't matter what's going on. Cornbread's the same way. It don't matter what's going on in their life, what turmoil is going on in their life, if there is any, they ain't going to be no different. The way they act, how they treat you, how they treat other people, how they take on the tasks of their day, their character, it's not any different. And most people, they're different based on their circumstances. Yeah. And that's to me, that's what Blake's talking about. Like you, Yeah, everyone should be themselves, but... We shouldn't. We should work on the things of ourselves that are not good. You are the filter between yeah. yourself, like your your what's going on with you. Then here you are, and here's everybody else, and you are the filter between that between you and everybody else. And so you don't have to let what's going. I'm not saying keep it all in and deal with it on your own because it's yeah. value in sharing and doing things with other people. But you can't let everything that's going on affect everybody around you all the time mm-hmm. yeah man i think that's good and you know when you mentioned what jesse said that made me think about this question right here from uh sa fricks <laughs> on instagram it says how to stay motivated when you're not sure where you're going in life and i think that question even pertains to what you said people want to know what to expect and that goes for other people and such or just what is coming for them like when you don't know where you're going in life you, you don't know what to expect. 
and you want to. Do, mm-hmm. do any of us really know where well, we're going? Well, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> None of us do. Right. But he may be talking about he specifically don't even have a plan or an idea or a goal or anything. Yeah. I don't know. When you can't have a conversation with these people, you can't really delve into their question. Right. But just taking it off of what he wrote, um, yeah, if you don't really have that in your life, you're kind of aimless, you're kind of directionless. How do you stay motivated during that time? Well, first of all, you should be striving to to – to figure that out in some way. I mean, you should you should be striving to find what God's purpose for you is in your life, in my opinion. And but but like until that becomes clear to you, I think how you stay motivated during that time is how I break it down is cause I can get apathetic real quick. Like when you look at the state of the world, you look at the state of this, you just say, ah, screw it, man. Just ah, why even try to make this better? Well, because by not trying to make it better or not staying motivated to to do what you can during the time where you don't know where you're headed, you're making it worse. So just look at take a logical approach and say, well, I'm either going to make this worse by being apathetic and just not because I'm not motivated right now and just giving up, or I can do the things that I know are good and right and make it better and set myself up for when I do know what where I'm headed and what my purpose is. Like, why would you not choose that? Because you're going to be making it worse or better. You're not going to stay stagnant. Right. So how you stay motivated is looking at it like, well, I've got an option to make it worse or better. I would rather make it better. And how you do that when you don't know where you're headed is do the things that you know are right. Right. It may not be specific towards something yet, but it's you know how to live on a day-to-day basis that's right. You know what's wrong. You know what's wrong. You know what's right. You know how you can help other people. You know how you can set yourself up for success. That's why 3 of 7 Project talks about mentally, uh, physically, and spiritually, body, soul, and spirit. Take care of your health. You know what's right and wrong. Yeah. What are you feeding your mind with? What are you, what, what's your spiritual life like? And, and the, the level of the, how full those different cups are is something you have to learn. In my experience, it's something you have to learn for yourself. Like what? how much exercise do you need? How much time do you need to put into your spiritual life? How much community do you need? How much do you need to find purpose in your job? How much time do you need with your family? Like that's, there's not a blueprint for that that says you spend X amount of hours a week with this. And if you work out this much and if you pray this much, you're going to be happy. It's everybody's individual. Well, that's true. And, and even though I said, everybody knows what's right with those things, you're kind of hitting that, that people maybe go, well, no, I don't know exactly how much to work out, how much to do this. We'll Well, start working and see see what makes you feel better. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. But, but guess what? You're sitting on your fat butt all day and eating like crap. We make small tweaks. Well, I was talking to Paul, Wilder the other day, mm-hmm. and I doubt he'd ch- mind me sharing this, but uh, he was talk just talking about his own. Uh, he had done this this fast, and he was telling me kind of what he got out of it. And he was like, you know, I I'll go run for two, three, four hours, you know, at a time, and and one on for one run. And he said, but you know, for me to sit down and and pray for thirty minutes is a big deal. And he said. God showed me that ain't right. Right. He said, you can go spend three hours on a run, but you can't spend 20 minutes praying. And that was just something he was working through. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that stood out to me because I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I'll get up in the morning, and I might, even, I might even spend an hour reading my Bible, but that's not, it's not what 
you know, I'm talking in the spiritual sense, that's not what God wants from you. Yeah, it's good to read your Bible, but he doesn't, that's not what he, he wants time with you. And so being more intentional around prayer and your relationship with God. And I mean, that's where all of these answers come from. That's where clarity and peace comes from is spending time in God's presence and praying might be you talking, you know, you look at the format of prayer. It's, you know, uh, the prayer and supplication, it it's kind of starts and ends with worship and in the middle. But then there's also prayer where you're just being quiet. You're just sitting there listening and meditating on Scripture. And so I just say that to say it's all right to just sit still mm-hmm. and just think and be quiet. Find a spot that you can do that. Maybe it's maybe you drive a lot for work. I used to do that, and that was that was my time, and I really missed that time. I don't I don't get yeah. that anymore because I don't drive a lot. But it's hard to set aside time to do what you feel like is nothing. Mm. But you feel like you got a lot going on, right? We talked about saying yes to a lot of things. And you want to set aside time to do nothing? And that's hard for certain personality types. Me. Yeah, for me too. I don't feel like that. I don't know. But, like, for Chad, I, I think that's kind of natural for, like, you know, he has to be intentional about it, but like what you know, we talked about walking the goats the other day. We did that little video on it, and so he does that, and I think that's kind of his time. But for me, if I did that, that would be another checklist. Like oh, I got to go walk the goats so I can have this quiet time, and then I'm out there, and it's not quiet time because it's a check, it's a check mark on mm-hmm. a checklist, and and you get sucked into all of that, and so it it's a big deal to set aside time to just think. And pray, even if you got to wake up or wake up early and go to sleep earlier. I mean, you got to make this stuff happen. People think about hacks like, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? What's the hack to this? It's just doing it. You Like, just actually do it. <laughs> well, I taught on Resurrected the other day. We talked about, I taught on fear and anxiety and how to overcome those things. And, the, and we were talking just yesterday, Chili, about... We drift. Yeah. And people, maybe they have, have been, have struggled with fear and anxiety before. They come back. All right. They're, so they're doing good. They start to drift slowly, slowly, slowly. And before they know it, they're overcome with panic attacks, anxiety about this. What am I going to do about this? What if I get sick? What, what if maybe this person's mad at me? All of this stuff's going on. And the Bible's so clear about how to deal with those things, but it takes a radical change because you've drifted way over here to get back up to what's right is a big difference from where yeah. you've drifted to. You don't to. drift back. No, you don't just slowly come back up. You've got to make the hard shift and come back to what is right, and that feels radical from where you're at. Well, it is. Yeah, it is. And, you know... The Bible tells us just for fear and anxiety how to overcome those things and to hit you got to hit your face and worship and pray and get in the Lord's prayer. That's how you overcome those things. I got I left my book at home. I got all my notes on it, so I don't have all the specific scriptures and things. But we were reading in in the book of Philippians, and so but I won't go down that. But I'm just saying that we say yes to all these things. We drift. We drift. We drift. And before we know it, we've gotten way down deep in this hole, and you've got to make a radical shift to get back online to what is right. And, and a lot of us know what that is, what we need to do. We just won't actually do it. 
And that's what I'm saying is there's not this hack, this thing that makes it easy that, oh, we did this. Oh, we stayed present, so now we're good. Oh, we were deliberate. so now, But no, you actually got to do it and think about what does it look like to do it. Yeah, and, you know, just doing it. You know, uh, Matt, he was at this last proving ground. I really like Matt. I got to spend some time with him. Um, that's a special dude. And uh, he said, what's some self-talk you use to get through the days you just don't want to do the work? And I'd be interested to hear what all y'all have to say about that. But me personally, I don't use, I mean, the, the, this this notion of self-talk, I mean, I've never been one to do that or never use that, never really understood that. I mean, I have internal dialogue with myself, I suppose, all the time. I mean, I think I've heard some people don't even really do that. But I think most people do. They talk to yeah. themselves in their head, you know. But I, don't, loud. but I don't use self-talk to get through things. I mean, it, it really starts from the beginning with me. Like, if I've decided I'm going to do something, maybe if there's self-talk involved, it's, it's in that process deciding what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. then when it's time to do it, you just do it. Mm-hmm. And getting through it ain't – I mean, yeah, stuff may come at you and whatever, but it's just it, – it, I focus on what I'm doing and the process of what I'm doing. Like – I don't think, oh, man, this is getting hard. How do I get through this? No, it's just like, okay, this happened. What do I do now? You know, you troubleshoot problems. You, I don't know. I, I don't – that question probably don't make any – answer don't make any sense to anybody, but I, I hear a lot of questions about that. People have asked me personally a lot over the years, self-talk, and I would say I don't have any, but I would, I'm curious what y'all have. I, I heard Jeff Forster say one time, if the devil can't have you, he'll keep you busy. Mm. And and thinking about self-talk and maybe it's why I have the perception of staying the same through stuff or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, what Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because today has troubles of its own. It's how we fight anxiety. Yeah. And stop. Yeah. And that's just essentially what you said at the beginning. Just do it. Yeah. Like what's, what's going on here right now? Yeah. If you feel like you should pray or be in in the word right now, get off of YouTube and go pray and get in in yeah. the word. Yeah. I mean plain plain and simple. What's direct don't mean not to plan and you don't know we got a race coming up and we got to prepare for that. That's like you prepare and you do everything as it comes up. Mm-hmm. But you have to be consistent in being in the word in your faith yep. with everything. I mean just all throughout the whole thing. Well, that's what it is. I think it's people that think they need self-talk are people that are letting the negative things that creep into your mind take over and giving them more attention than you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then if if that's if you're allowing that to happen, well then you do need something to combat it with. But if you don't even let that crap in and I'm not saying you can't help something that pops into your head, but don't give it any attention. It don't matter. It it seems like the the all these last three or four questions have been the crux of them has been, I'm busy. How do I do this? Mm-hmm. Or, or I've got an obstacle. How do I overcome it? Yeah. 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 So, so well, what, what is, what is important? How, how are you? Is, is it God? Then your wife, then your kids, then your job. I mean, how do you have it lined up yeah. today? Be- before we go to that, I have a few thoughts on what Blake said and then what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, on the anxiety, I mean, what Blake just said is kind of like, it's kind of my life right now. You know, like, pa- season of panic attacks, anxiety, get better for over a year and a half, and then 
the the struggle comes back. Mm-hmm. And if I frame it, like Blake, I totally see where you're coming from, where you're like, if that comes back, you know, after a season, you better look at your life and see, like, we've drifted, right? Mm-hmm. If I look at my stuff like that, I think I'm failing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh, your anxiety come back. You've drifted. You're having panic attacks again. You've drifted. And, like, in this season for me, I hadn't drifted. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I'm working with someone, and I know why it came back. Like, I can, mm-hmm. like, it's not public knowledge, but, like, I know. And I don't think it's a reflection of my faith. Just as much as Brian's heart condition is not a reflection of his faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think, I'm not meaning drifting even in your faith. I just mean drifting in your habits of what you know. And, and I mean, I don't, my um, experience with anxiety is different than, I mean, I guess everybody's is, is really different. Probably. But mine is different, you know, in a big way than what yours is. But um, I don't even mean that you drifted from God or from your faith. So I don't, you know, I don't know what what brought it back up, but the drifting part. So these things that we do, when we get better, we say, "Ah, oh, we don't have to." I'm not saying you. I'm just saying in general. I think this happens. Yeah, it's true. Is uh, we don't. I don't have to think about the things that are noble, about the things that are just, about the things that are pure, about the things that are lovely or of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. Right thinking. I'm not really struggling with anxiety, so it's all right for me to think about these things. Mm -hmm. It's all right for me to listen to a little bit of bad music and get some bad input or or get, uh, you know, down this rabbit hole of, whatever it is, because I'm not really struggling with it right now. So you did the work to get out of that hole, and now you're doing all right, and you say, it's all right to do this because I'm not struggling with it. But then you're in a maintenance phase. you got to continue doing it in order to stave it off, in order to mm-hmm. keep it away. And what, what we talked about on Resurrected the other night that I feel like is, is the blueprint that the Bible gives us in order to keep, you know, to not be fearful, anxious, worry is is right thinking. So I, I do have some scripture in my phone here where I'd made notes. Philippians 4, 8, what I just read, it tells us how to think right, what to think on, right? About the things that are uh, true, noble, just, pure, lovely, those things. So right thinking, right praying. We look at the uh, we look at the the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. It starts with Worshiping the Lord, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. He's recognizing the power of God. Supplication. Philippians tells us about to to supplicate, so to share what we what we need with the Lord. And then the Lord's prayer ends with, "For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever." Recognizing the power of the Lord and who He is. So right praying, um, and then. Further down in Philippians, it says, These things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. And so that's nine. If we back up to eight, he's talking about how to think. And when you think that way, the peace of God will be with you. So it's not necessarily a do this and get this. 
it's more of a condition of the heart. And so, again, I mean, it'd take me two hours to teach the message again. But, you know, you just you brought it up, so I just thought I would, would say I love it. It. everybody's situation is different. And when you get on track with whatever, when you get on, this is the thing. Freedom is not, doesn't give you the liberty to self-indulge. Mm. If you have freedom in your finances, it don't give you it, it don't give you the freedom to be able to go out and just frivolously spend your money here and there on things that you don't need and on things that are bad. If you have good health, it don't give you the right to go out and eat 15 cookies every day and a bucket <laughs> of ice cream. If you if you're doing good spiritually, it don't give you the right to slack and reading your Bible and spending time in prayer. If you're not worrying about things, it don't give you the right to get a bad input. But you listen to this bad music, listen to this yes. bad podcast. And so freedom, this is, I, I don't know where the scripture is, but this is biblical. Freedom doesn't give you the the liberty or, or the, the permission to go out and do all these bad things just because you're not down in the pit yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's so good. And once you explained it like that, <clears throat> I actually see like, I can see that in my behavior, and I'm sure other people, maybe other people can relate, but I do. I feel warm and fuzzy about God when I'm in a really good season. Like the one I was referring to, like I had like a year and a half with no anxiety, no panic. I feel warm and fuzzy about God, but I'm not sitting in the shower like really suffering internally, like crying out to God like... I'll do whatever you want. Help me. You mm-hmm. know, like, the, I guess the, yeah, you're right. Like, when the desperation is gone, my level of engagement does drop some. And and the depth of my engagement with God and how much I choose, mainly how much I want to rely on him goes away because I feel okay. So it's like, I like him. I'm glad he's around, and I'll tell him I'm grateful, and I'll say my prayers, but I'm not like, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, and go ahead, Corn. You, you know what it reminds me of, Brooke? The yeah. conversation we was having the other morning, me and you talking about that person, and I said she's going to forget all the suffering she went through once she feels better, and I'm afraid she's going to go back to doing what she was doing it's exactly what it and is. and i can't tell you how many times like i would question myself six months after quit drinking was i really an alcoholic mm. you know what i mean and by the grace of god i was spiritually you know fit enough to say okay that that's nothing but a boatload of bull crap mm-hmm. you yeah. know and move on that when you first started talking that's that's what, and i like when you said maybe the maintenance wasn't yes. there. Maybe we have to bump our maintenance up in everything, mm-hmm. spiritually, mentally, and physical. Yes. Yeah, to to keep it plowing forward. That was so good, Blake. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a it, you we and we, we want to see how close we can get. So how what's the least amount of maintenance I have to do to stay here? And and we talked on another episode of Resurrect last night, chat uh this past Sunday. Chad was talking about how we want to see how close we can get to wrong without actually doing wrong. And I shared the story of Blakely when she was a kid. I'm saying this because this is inherent in us. That we're born with this. When Blakely was a kid, she was like three, and she had this play grocery cart. 
and she was just ramming it into the wall, just, just bam, bam. And I said, Blakely, quit ramming that cart into the wall. And she looked over at me, and she had her cart, and she was just inching it forward and watching me. <laughs> and she was waiting to see, at what point is he going to get up and whoop me because I've gotten too close. How close can I get to the wall without actually touching it? Mm-hmm. And those times, you know, that's just a story that I share. But, you know, there's other stories where I see that in kids and my kids from, I mean, from birth, you know. And so, and even in the in the garden, right, what, is, what does Satan say to Eve? He says, did God really say that you couldn't eat that? Or, you know, he's he's framing it around like, well, is it actually wrong? Is it really that bad? Yeah, surely it, thou won't die. Yeah, yeah. It come on, yeah. you know. And so we want to see, and that's a tactic that Satan uses on us in order to try to get us over the line, right? So really, we need to be thinking: How far away can I get from it? Not how close can I get to it without actually crossing the line. Is how far away can I get from it because I know that it's wrong. I know that I don't want it. I know that it doesn't feel good. I know that it's not from God. So I don't want anything to do with it. So how far away can I get from it? All right, I'm in this phase right now that I'm not actually struggling with it. So let me spend even more time with God. Let me go to the gym even more. Let me even hunker down more on my diet because now I'm, I'm fit enough to get out and lift more weight, to run further, to do these things that I want to do. How can I get even further from those things and on the right side of what I should be doing? Not, okay, this is pretty good. It's a lot better than I was, so... Let me indulge the flesh a little bit here. Yeah. Now that I'm pretty good, let me do some of those things that I was wanting to do that I couldn't do because I was in such a hole. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I I have two rabbit trails off of this. You guys tell me if I'm okay to, to like, go down a hole real quick. That's a podcast. Just talk. Okay, so... Yesterday, I wanted to share this. It just feels relevant. Yesterday, a lot I've seen it. So a couple of people sent me messages on Instagram about faith and struggling in their faith. And how do you increase faith? And what if you're struggling with believing in God? And we all know this is like my favorite subject. I like cried on the podcast one time about it. And yesterday, I was having a rough day. And... My therapist, I was like talking to her and I was telling her and I was whining about all of these little things. Like I've been feeling this way and I can't feel the way I want to feel and blah, 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 blah. And she like got quiet and did the therapist thing. Like, oh gosh, what's she thinking? And she's like, Brooke, if you died tonight in your sleep, do you, what do you think would happen to you? And I was looking at her. And it wasn't what I was expecting. And I felt like this, this like wave coming up my chest that just stopped at my throat. And I was like, oh, God. And I like, I felt tears welling up. And I was like, Becky, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. And so we talked about that. And we talked about like what some of, I've seen a couple YouTube comments in this very, like very relevant to what I'm about to say. Um, I told her I, I can't be sure. Like, I'm, I'm struggling to be sure that heaven is real and that God is real and that I'm going to go there. So what I wanted to share is that she challenged me 
and I think this is self-talk, truly. Um, at the end of our call, she said, real quick for me, can you just say out loud that if I die tonight, I will go to heaven? And I was like, and it was so hard to say, y'all. It was so hard to say, and it felt weird, and I felt emotional, and I felt confused, and she challenged me to, like, start saying that, or like, on a regular basis, and I thought, like, I don't know if it's going to work. I'll report back to you guys, but definitely, like, the amount of stirring in my soul I feel when I say those words out loud is, like, it's, to me, it's, like, an indicator of, like, okay, this is this is a good thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, um, you know, there, these things like, you know, is it going to work or isn't it? No, it won't work like, but it can provide evidence of other things that need to be uncovered that you can work on, you know, like that to me, that would be it working. Like, um, just like, you know, there's no hack for that for working through that, but it could reveal something to you that oh here's here's a little bit more of something else I should begin to work on to uncover this and then you just keep digging and digging and digging right well I think for me like this was something else I wanted to hit the other thing was the self-talk like Chili was talking about it doesn't really do anything for him self-talk is super valuable for me because I can remember even as a kid having natural negative self-talk it just it's just built into me like if I'm doing something, my mind will tell me, like, you're going to fail. You're going to, and my mind tells me, like, you're going to die. And it, that's going to be it. So, for me to proclaim that, like, I am a child of God. And if I die tonight, I'm going to heaven. Like, I, I've used, like, speaking out loud and speaking internally all my life to condition myself to believe something. And I think it's based on your personality, if that's effective or not. Mm. But, like, I think over time proclaiming that out loud, even if I don't believe it right now, I think it'll help me believe it more. Does that is that crazy? Absolutely. It's Like Blake said, it's going to make you dig more because sooner or later you're going to start saying that to everyone you come in contact with. You're saying that to yourself. Sooner or later you're going to start saying it to other people. And it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, honestly, because truth is truth. Right. The well, truth doesn't care if you believe it or not. You say the things that are true. Right. And where do you find truth? Well, and yeah. and James just James just said on here, if you've received salvation, you would know for sure. If we knew for sure, we wouldn't call it faith. Like why if you if you it, like if every person who is going to heaven knows every moment of every day with 1,000% certainty that they're going to heaven. Why do we need faith? Well, I know for certain, I can say, I mean, I, I feel for certain I know where I'm going when I die because of my faith in the Word of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so there is faith required in order to know where you're going so yes through faith you do know those things but the the scripture is like cat and i were talking just the other day and i was i was trying to get her to understand like truth is truth and, and it is like 
that is it. If if I say it's bad to murder somebody in corn, you say, no, that's good, and we take the Bible out of the scenario, is it good or bad? I mean, One of them's true. Yeah, but who's to say corn's right and I'm wrong? It, you take the Bible out of it. Right. I mean, who who there there is but one truth, and it's outside of all of us, and it comes from the Scripture. And so in, in light of this topic is the things that are true about you are the things that you should proclaim. The, 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 I just read in Philippians, think about the things that are true. So if you're thinking about something and it's not true about you, then stop thinking about it and start thinking about the things that are true about you. I can't help in this conversation, but and we've talked about this so many times, but I like just trying to decipher the level of doubt that's like the faith of a mustard seed. You think the person with the faith of a mustard seed doesn't doubt? Why would he say that? Why would he put that in scripture? Well, I I, I tend to draw a distinction these days, and maybe this is incorrect, and maybe I'll think differently down the road and whatever, but I tend to draw a distinction between if someone said, do you believe something or do you believe this? My answer is generally no. Um, And I generally think that the word belief at least I'm breaking it down in this way, whether this is correct or not, is not something that you can choose. Like, like someone may tell you, I mean, that, that goes for anything. Someone comes and tells you, hey, man, I just killed a 300-pound deer. You believe me? I mean, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you don't. It's just, I don't know. Like, you don't really get to choose whether you believe the dude or not. You just kind of do or you don't. But then, like, especially talking in terms of these salvation soteriological questions, I draw a distinction between belief and, and faith. Like, you, you, you choose what you put your faith in. I know that. And maybe this is not a meaningful distinction to some people, and maybe I'm just, I don't know, playing with the diction of it all and making it, orienting it right in my own head. But to me, that's talking about two different things. And I don't know where belief comes into the equation or how it's related to faith, but look, if you struggle with belief in something because you weren't there to see it, you doubt it, well, you still have the choice to put your faith in it, even through struggling in belief. And and look, I don't I don't like struggling with belief. I don't especially things that you feel like you shouldn't or things that you feel like are true, but you're not sure of this and that. But look, doubt has been or is currently a part of every Christian's journey. I mean, bar none. Mm-hmm. Bar none. So, so, And every time, what it's going to come back to is what you choose to follow, what you choose to put your faith in, what you choose to literally place your life, submit yourself to, die to yourself and fill it with and, and submit submit to, regardless of whether you're struggling with believing in it or not. That's where I that's kind of what I think about it. And 
I guess there's more to say and more to think about it too, but I, I draw a distinction between belief and faith. And I think you can place your faith in something even in the midst of struggling with the belief in it or certain aspects of it. Um, you know, and then there's there's faith, there's belief, and then there's knowing something, right? And I say all the time, I don't know nothing. And I don't say that to be funny, and I don't say that to be, I don't say it flippantly, and I don't, I don't say it because I don't mean it. I don't know anything. I would go as far to say nobody does. But you don't, you can struggle with belief in something. You cannot know it. You can be unsure, you can be confused, but you can place your faith in it. I don't know. That's um, I've thought about that a lot, and I think that pertains to what you're saying. That's exactly. I mean, I love it. It's, it's a choice. And I think I always feel the inclination to defend because I just, I just believe that there's a whole host of people out there how, like I want, I think it makes me feel better about myself. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm like there are a bunch of people out there who are surrounded by these Christians who, for whatever reason, they are steadfast yep. in their faith. Yep. And a lot of them that I know personally that I look up to have had big experiences, mm-hmm. like spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. They're like, holy crap, this is real. Yep. And then I put myself in this category where I'm like, I'm choosing this. Yeah. This is what I'm choosing to put my faith in. But I get really prickly and self-conscious when people talk about, well, if you doubt. Like someone said to me one time, they were were talking about death, and they said, if you fear death, you must not have enough faith. And I was like, oh, crap. And I, like, internalized that. And But it's not true. Like, like God, he can meet me in that. You know what I mean? Well, you can't put so much weight on everything everybody says. Well, but people are coming from a good place. Maybe, maybe not. But also, the people that that you think are steadfast, and maybe they are, and hopefully they are, but a lot of the people that you think are steadfast and are, go ahead and and press them on their faith. Ask them to defend their faith. Ask them this, ask them that, and they'll probably daggum struggle. Well, Chad is a great example. Like, I genuinely like i know him yeah he is, better he than, is steadfast yeah. I, I know him better than any yeah. human on this earth and i can tell y'all with certainty like he's not afraid to die like right. he is sure of where he is going and at times he talks about it like he's looking forward to it and i'm like what but that also don't mean that chad's never struggled with other things any aspect well even even at yeah. at any at some point with faith and with i mean yeah you're may not be in a season now where he's not, but it, it's like i'm telling you that's a but, part of it for everybody at some point i guarantee you right but he had a physical visceral experience he still had to make the decision yep. to maintain yep. after that like blake said yep. like he could have fallen off the wagon yep. he has chose to pursue this but he had an like a life-altering experience on this earth with the things of this earth, kind of. Yeah, well, that may have made the belief initially very easy. His experience may have made the belief very easy to yeah. say, well, I've seen this. But it didn't make placing the decision to place his faith in it any easier, yeah. really. Or especially to continue to every day. Yeah. And to continue to choose to die to himself every day. Yeah. He's sitting here talking every week about how he's struggling with that. Yeah. I am too. I think we all are. Yeah. And I think... When we do get to heaven, the people who fought for their faith every day and fought doubt and, like, 
grasp to understand because they're weak. It's true. Like, I'm weak. I want to know everything. I want all the details. I struggle when I can't understand things to the depth that I want to. It's like a weakness. But I'm going to be standing right beside Chad because we've both made the decision to pursue Christ. And and the way we pursue might look, mine might look a little more clunky in certain areas than his, but that makes me no less valuable to God. Yeah. Does like that that's where I get like Well, and the experiences thing is interesting too. And and I'm not saying people hadn't had different experiences. I, I clearly we have. Everybody's lived their own unique life and unique experiences, unique set of circumstances. But I think this is a part of how we're wired differently too. Like I've sat there and said before, well, I haven't had any radical spiritual experience like some people would say, like Chad has had, mm-hmm. and many people would say. But then I can also look at myself and go, well, if I did, I would explain it away, mm. even if I did. So maybe I have. I mean, like, like, even if I did, I would say, well, no, that was just this. I could, exp- I could find a way to explain it away in a natural way. Guarantee you. I could do it with his experience. You could just be like, oh, well, no, it had to be this. You know, I mean, you could. So it's like it's it's a matter of your perception of things to some degree, what what has happened to you in your life because I say I haven't, maybe I have. You know, somebody says they have, maybe it was just something that I don't I don't know. Like I don't think it ha- it can be guided by experiences and like that like Chad's is not. I mean it, that happened to him. That was a real thing that happened to him and affected his life and started you know. But it like I said, he chooses to place his faith in it every day. Yeah, but just I, I won't trail off too bad, but what you just said, I think about what you just said a lot because I've had miracles happen in my life, but they weren't a pastor on the phone right. getting rid of a ghost, like a yeah. spiritual host. Like, so you can just go, ah. Yeah, like I, yeah. like I decided on my own that I wanted to get clean and sober, yeah. and I did, and yeah. my marriage survived, you know, Chad's 12 years as a Navy SEAL and my addiction and like there's so there's so many miracles in my life but again i do the same i will explain them away sure i'm like well that happened because of this mm-hmm. you know it's not yeah mm. <laughs> well we want to stay on this topic or transition real quick we've got a few good questions i'd like to hit some of them even if they don't relate what do you think blake wise one yeah you know i've been thinking um, <laughs> I've been thinking about something you said a long time ago, Chili. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why we're the meanest to the people that we love the most. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it either. That's rough, ain't it? I'll get, I mean, you know, I, sometimes I'll get mean with Kat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We was talking about it the other day, and I told her, I said, you know the hardest person it didn't it wasn't a good idea but mm-hmm. i said you know the hardest person for me to bear with sometimes is you <laughs> you say that i told her that yeah but i'm committed to being brutally honest yeah with everybody yeah and she asked some question that made me that made me tell her that mm-hmm. and i'm just being flat honest yeah and but i you know and then i started thinking about what you had said mm-hmm and I said, you know, I expect a lot out of you mm-hmm. because you're my wife. We're a team. Yeah. My family. And, 
And so I expect a lot out of you, and I, it, it's not hard for me to bear with you for any certain re- like any certain reason. But it's because I expect so much out of you. I'm disappointed when, when I don't, and I, I didn't handle the situation right. Like right. I mean, I'm not saying this yeah. is this was right and this is what you should do. Um, I do think you should be honest with people, even if it hurts their feelings or maybe doesn't feel right. There's I could a have, way to do it. I could have worded that much differently. <laughs> But I was a little bit aggravated, <laughs> and that was a mean thing to say. And we're the meanest to people that, that we odd? love the most. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, because you don't want to be. You look back on it, mm-hmm. and you think, gosh. and but the then, worst thing. But I, I could picture myself, if somebody asked me, I could picture myself saying that to somebody, somebody else other than her, but there are other things that I do and say to my family that I wouldn't do or say to it. That, like, I could not picture myself saying that to somebody else. And I don't know. I don't know. why It's not right. I don't like it about myself. I want to change it. But I don't, I, like, I get, sometimes I get so aggravated with my <laughs> kids and my wife. And it's like, why? Well, do you, did I don't remember if I... Gave a possible explanation for that when I asked that, but do you, have you thought about that reason? I mean, I guess you're saying you don't know. Well, I've thought about it, but you know, I I guess part of me would say that it is uh, it's because maybe I I know them and feel like I know yeah where they're coming from more. I, I know more about them, and I ha- and like I said, like I right or wrong, I have high expectations for my kids and my wife. I do not expect them, and and that, yeah. Part of that is not right. Uh, part of it's because I want the best for them. I know what they're capable of. I know who they yeah. are, and when they don't meet that, I'm like, I, you're better than this. You come on, you're better than I know. I know who you are. You can do better than this. Yeah. And so part of it is maybe out of aggravation, but no, I mean, well, I, I the I've heard someone say before, it's like, oh, you're the meanest of the people you love the most because you know they love you, and you know you can, you know. You subconsciously know that you can do that, and they'll still, they'll never forsake you. You know, they'll stay loyal. I've heard that. Well, the the answer that I kind of came up with on my own was like, you're, we're asking ourselves, why are we, why do we feel the most, you know, anger, or negative emotion, or, or, you know, get the maddest and the meanest of the people we love the most? Well, love intensifies everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you also love that person the most. You also get the happiest with that person the most. You also get the saddest when that person is going through something the most. Yeah. You also, Everything is the most with that mm-hmm. person. Like, you love Cat more than anybody. So you're going to feel the most of anything you feel with her and about her. And I think my experience, like, when you guys are talking, this is such a great topic. When you guys are talking about this, I think about how I've grown up with Chad and I know his flaws. Mm-hmm. Like I know his weaknesses. And he knows mine. And we both watch each other continue these patterns of weakness that we've had for so long. And some of them we might never improve. But sometimes for me it's like if he comes out in pride, you know, I am so, I am like, I my reaction is like visceral and it's quick. You know, and I, I'm trying to fill in the blank for something for him. But it's like, 
we, we know each other so well. Mm. And it's so easy to see the flaws in people when you spend that much time with them and you're that close to them. Yeah. And it's easy for me to think that he's really flawed and I'm not. And, and when I get frustrated to not keep the perspective of like, he's probably feeling the exact same way about you when you left paper towels all over the kitchen for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I just feel like I know him. And same with my, my parents. It's like we all know each other so well and yeah. we spend so much time together. Those little habits they have and their the things they struggle with, I'm like, would you just get on and like improve that part of yourself? Like, geez, you know? Yeah. But that's wrong. Well, I don't know. I mean, those people know everything that these people watching this YouTube and listening to this podcast don't know none of your sins. Mm. Don't know any of the things you've done. Yeah. But when you pull in that driveway, your wife knows all that. She's Mm -hmm. seen you naked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your kids may not know that stuff, but they're learning. They're picking up on slight yeah. things here and there, you know, and you're having to teach them. So you're beating yourself up about that. You got expe- expectations on yourself. You got expectations on your wife. Expectations are deadly, man. Yeah. Depending mm-hmm. how you use them mm-hmm. and how you put them in your mind. And, and there's expectations on you as well. Yeah. And when you start that, when recrimination comes in, when, hey, Going to your statement, I expect a lot out of you. Well, if somebody fars back a, well, I expect this out of you, and you don't do it, yeah, then it's it's on some mm-hmm. yeah. like neck bone. Well, you, and <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the expectations thing. It's like that's a tough one. Well, yeah. you know, you're saying you have a lot of expectations. I mean, it, it, that's kind of one of those things. It's like I think you got to really evaluate that, like. What are you expecting? Are Mm. you saying you expect, you know, this high standard and you to do your best and all this? Or are you expecting perfection? No. You know, like you can't do that. No. Because that'll get you real messed up. Yeah, I mean. Like even if you're doing it unconsciously. Yeah, I mean, like the things I expect is is like brutally honest. Right, right. You know. Like those type more more moral things, and and not that that was you know the the cause of anything. But I'm saying I have the like I do have that, um, and I try to be the example of that. But just when they when they fall in those things, I don't berate them. I don't. It, that's not often what makes me. Uh, I don't think that's often what makes me angry with them. But I also think that it's because you know you're with them for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If if uh, if any of y'all do something to aggravate me. Then I, I can probably just be like, well, after you know Wednesday, I won't see him again for a few days. So <laughs> ain't no big deal. But if if Cat or the girls does something and it's this ongoing thing, it's hard to bear with it when you're when you're Believe living yeah. with them. Yeah, you imagine know? if you had to live with me, Blake. Yeah, I mean, we probably have to have a couple conversations. You know, I, yeah, I they wouldn't be able to do it. Too like, I think we underestimate. Like this, this sound sound deep. Like our subconscious needs, with within like our family unit. Like I think especially your spouse can meet so many of your needs. And for me, it's like if I'm not taking care of myself, and like I can begin to rely on Chad too much to meet my needs, to feel valued, to feel special, to feel validated in something I'm mad about, to feel. And it's like, 
I think that can be a point of contention for me too. Like if he's not giving me enough attention or if he's not, this is a random example, but like we, we do, you, you can't deny we do rely on our family and our spouses for emotional support and encouragement and love. And if they're having a bad day and they're not giving you that, it's so easy to get bristled up and like, you know, pissed off about it. Yeah. And oftentimes if you reflect on, I just, you know, recognized this even recently, the, you know, the actions maybe even of like our kids that would aggravate you or be like, why are you doing this? A lot of times, well, just this, this is an example. The other night, um, we just had, we were just sitting in the living room and we just had like, uh, Blakely for some reason turned on this just like relaxing piano music <laughs> on the TV. And so they came in there and we were just sitting there not talking or doing anything. And I just made, you know, called Blakely over and she laid with me on the couch and I rubbed her back and, you know, we just laid there and she loves to be close to people. She loves to hug and touch and just be, you know, that's kind of how, she feels loved. And so we just laid there for like 45 minutes. And the rest of like the rest of that night, the next day, she was like a to- almost like a totally different kid. Mm. And it just made me think like, man, I'm really I'm failing her because she wants this like she doesn't know that's what she wants, but that's what she wants and needs, mm-hmm. and I'm not giving it to her. And so she's acting out in all of these other ways. And she's not she's not old enough to put all of that together. That's on me to put that together and provide that for her so that she's not having to deal with things she shouldn't have to deal with right now. And so a lot of the things that happen that I realized are causing me aggravation and are causing all of us aggravation are probably because of something we're not doing mm. or that we're doing wrong ourselves. You don't, I mean, you just, I don't know how you figure that out. Like, I mean, I know that about her and I didn't do that to try to change her, but I did that and saw a change. And so I learned it in that way, but it's like, man, you know, I'm letting them down. I'm letting them down. Like she shouldn't have to be struggling with all, you know, these emotions or, or things that she's feeling or acting out or the stuff that she's doing. I, I truly think it's because she's not being fulfilled in that way and are like there was just that part of her missing and i'm not saying this is emotionally damaging to her or right, she's gonna right. have some trauma about it but i'm saying that i'm not serving her the best way that i can and that i know i should and so that example shows me that you know it's something that i'm doing that i'm doing wrong myself or didn't you know that i'm not doing right however you want to word it so many times that's the that's the problem yeah i, I oh sorry I, th- I, th- I think for me, looking back, especially when the boys were younger, like um, my biggest issue was ego. Like when I would be the meanest to the ones I love. Mm. Like, you know, I've taught you this, so you mean to tell me you intentionally took what I've taught you and you're throwing it to the wayside. Mm-hmm. How how dare you? Yeah. You know, and then go on. So for our even with my wife, you know, I've provided you this, but yet you've dwindled it away for whatever reason. How dare you? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. That ego, 
and I struggle with it every when I pull in that driveway. I got a different ego than I do in this podcast studio, yeah. and I struggle with it every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel the the perceived burden that you're taking care of this entire compound, the the, yeah. the entire Cornelius compound is all <laughs> on my shoulders. Yeah, you know what I mean, and. Sometimes you feel like you got to rule with an iron fist, but really, really you don't. Right. Really you don't. Yeah, I think I'm just going to start saying when those things come up that aggravate me, I'm just going to say, that's okay. Mm. I, I love <laughs> Hey, I'm having this, I'm having this, this is going on, this, I feel like this, I want this, I want that, why this, that's okay. You, you know what my papa used to say? When we was little kids doing stuff like that and whatnot, mm. and 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 I don't know what it means, but I've started using it here recently with the boys and my nieces and nephews. They want something, or they they've got this grand idea, and I'd be now y'all not do it, and they'd be like, "Well, daddy, you just you don't do nothing, and you just you know blah blah. All you worried about is CrossFit now." <laughs> I, my my papa used to say. Well, roll on, long head. I don't know what it means, but that's what I say now. Well, roll, well, roll on. on, long head. <laughs> what you said, Blake, about Blakely, it was like a few months ago, Chad and I were in just a, like a little spell of not connecting, and I would come home every day frustrated with him, and he was frustrated with me. And um, I think I think we went, I don't know if we went to marriage counseling or just out of individual therapy, but somebody challenged me. They were like, well, what, what makes him feel loved? Like what? And I was like, well, when I make him dinner, it makes him happy. And they were like, well, why aren't you doing that? And I was like, well, I'm mad at him. Hmm. Like he's not, he's not doing anything for me. So like, why should I do the thing that makes him? And it was, it was my, my therapist. She was like, I challenge you for a week, no matter what Chad does to you or what you perceive he's not doing just make him dinner see what happens y'all the he became a totally different person yeah and i didn't even tell him that i was playing this little experiment on him it's like (laughs) what you said blake about like you you did that for blakely and then the next few days she was different and it's like if if you can find out what the people around you need and selflessly do that for them you are going to have a much better experience at home. Yeah. Like, it, you are doing it for yourself. You're doing it for them, but you're, I mean, you are going to benefit. Yeah. Somebody, I know all these guys on here are going to be like, that's right, get in the kitchen. Get, get on the pots. Yeah. <laughs> Shut we up. Done, we done told you. Yeah. Get in there. You get, know the deal? Cook your man some supper, somebody said. <laughs> well, a lot. you know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we've even talked about today, if, if you really boil almost – Anything that you've got going on, if you boil it down, a lot of times it it ends up in pride, selfishness, or fear. Yeah. Mm. One of the, if you just keep digging and digging and why, 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 it boils down to one of those three things. And pride sometimes a lot of times hard for me to put my finger on. I know I've got plenty of it, but I can a lot of times recognize my own selfishness. And man, I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, it. I'm, I can't I, even believe he said that. What? Well, yeah, because he's the most selfless person I know. He's, me too. <laughs> I mean, no, but yeah. I mean, it's. I recognize it a lot. Like maybe you perceive me that way, but Dude, you're lot, one of the most selfless people I know. You might yeah. be real selfish, but <laughs> well, mean. but I mean, just yeah, it it runs 
man, you can't even tell people how deep it runs. Like, well, yeah. It's just, it's like, uh, what's the old holly tree? Got them roots so deep you can't even pull them up. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, they run deep. The I'll, selfishness runs deep. That's interesting. I'll, I was talking to somebody this morning about a struggle. They've adopted kids, and they were saying, you'll never find out how selfish I, I don't know if he used the word selfish i think he said like bad just inherently bad we are until you try to do something good and i think he referenced mere christianity said that like you won't find out how bad you are until you do something good and it's like i don't i don't know about you blake but in those moments that i realize how selfish i am it, it is like you have to put yourself out there to attempt to be good to find out how much your flesh fights against that. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't really evaluate a man on how selfish or selfless inherently he is. You evaluate on how much he puts that aside. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care if you're naturally really self selfish or not. Everybody's got some element of that. How much are you willing to put that aside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what counts. Yeah, you know, if you're like my dad is a very well. That's the thing. You don't even know is he selfless or does he just always put? Is he like real selfish and just puts it aside? It's one of the two. Yeah, that's good. But I don't really care. Yeah, I know he's putting it aside. Yeah, like so. And I think that's what that that this person was saying is like they hear their own internal dialogue about the situation. Yeah. I know this person and they don't choose to act on that, but you find out what comes up in you when you're challenged to do something selfless. Mm-hmm. Like and I love what you said, like you can choose not to act on it. Yeah. But that's good. I can't I can only see your right eye. Yeah. Can you see out of those? Oh yeah. Huh. It's party time. <laughs> well, are we wrapping this up or what? <laughs> well, well, we'll get to the Super Chats in just a second. I did have a few questions if we are done with this topic here. Yeah, we can move on. Um, I know Blake's probably wanting to wrap this whole unit. No, I'm good. Uh, but um, before we get into these last few questions, because this is a bit of a hard shift, but uh, you just have to bear with us. We'll go rapid fire. <laughs> I wanted to let you know about um, our hydration partner, Hoist. Hand me that bottle, Corn. Thank you, sir. I couldn't even see it. <laughs> I couldn't even see it moving. I um, yeah, hoist, hoist, hoist IV level hoist hydration, keeps you hoist, hoist. Say it some more. Hoist. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, this episode is brought to you by Hoist. We really, we really love this product. Truly, we talk about it a lot, and well, we're going to keep talking about it because uh, we use it pretty much every day. I think all. Four of us in this room, and Chad probably drink it dang near every day, if not every day. And, um, well, we drink it every day, if <laughs> not every day. Well, you know, um, anyway, you see this bottle right here? <laughs> they can. It's camouflaged, man. They can't see that. That real tree. How yeah. long's Hoist? Hoist is, they've been around. It's the longest us. running. Yeah. Yeah. Longest running relationship we've had. Well, y'all know how much we care about what we put in our body. Especially old Brooke over there. Yeah, good yeah, grief. If Brooke I, will drink it, my lord. If I'm drinking something, 
you guys can just go ahead and and bet it's okay. It's it's, it's, it's good. It's gum cleaner than it's good. bleach if she's drinking it. I mean, look at it. So you can see through that camo. It's clear. Yep, clear. Like I can't stand when companies want the drink to be red. Yeah, and they put and I'm like, I don't give a crap what color it is. I don't yeah, want look, none man, of that carcinogen. The bottle tells you what what flavor it is. Yeah. Well, you don't the, need the color, right? The story I always like to share about hoist is I put some of this in my range bag one day and I. Yep. drank about half of it and i put it back in my range bag and went back out like two or three weeks later and i took a drink of it and i looked down in the bottle and it was molded and i thought son yep that sucks and then i thought well it's actually good because it's not full of preservatives and crap yeah. to keep yeah. it from yeah man y'all that. don't freaking know what that means it means it ain't yeah. got preservatives exactly i had a <laughs> i had a loaf of wonder bread one time live in a trash can a whole summer and that junk looked the exact same. Yeah, yep. now why you think that is, huh? Yeah. It's so got preservatives. If it molds, it's good. That's well, a good thing. <laughs> Hoist is sponsor, sponsored with uh, or partnered with Realtree. Yeah, tell me about that, Blake. What's the deal? This. Why is this daggum bottle camo? Yeah, they, they rebranded their orange flavor to Blaze Orange, and this is uh, Realtree's new camouflage pattern. And what I'm excited about with this is now y'all know how good of bottles these are to bring hunting with you. Oh, they way better now. Now, the deers, <laughs> the deers ain't gonna be able to see the bottle mm. when you bust it out, and you got to take a leak. There you go. See, <laughs> you bring two <laughs> bottles of hoist into the tree stand with you. All right. One to drink out of. One is after you've done climbed up your climbing stand yep. and sweated up a storm. And you got to replenish your electrolytes. Well, so you only need one bottle then. No, you got to oh. wait now. Oh. <laughs> All right. So you bring one full, one empty, Chili. Well, that, once you drink the one that's full, it'll be empty. You, you don't ding down bat. the whole thing. Oh. So you just drink about half okay. when you get up there and you let that absorb, kind of soak in. All right. Look, I'll just and then bring... you got to pee in a little bit, and so you could use your camouflage bottle, wide mouth, wide mouth bottle for corn in case he's got a doo doo. Well, I got to have a spit bottle too. See, so corn but corn needs three. If, yeah. if you show enough dirty though, if you dirty in the woods, you can spit and pee in the same bottle. Oh, okay. I mean, if so you're a that ain't cross contamination. That ain't cross contamination. I'm wanting to, yeah, I'd like to get my spitting done first. <laughs> you're a soldier, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna, no, I'm you a, got to spit the entire. No, huh? I'm gonna spit in. Wait. I'm gonna spit on the front end. So pee if, at the end. If you're dirty in the woods, that's yeah. a good thing. If you right? a soul, you straight dog. <laughs> yeah, if you dogging it out there. If you're carrying that bottle in the woods, you definitely a soldier. Well, I tell you what, I'm. I carry. I think I carry two bottles. I'll carry two full. I'll drink mm. me one when I get to the stand, pee in it. Then when I walk back, drink that last one. Well, also that's how I'll do it. Also. Your body absorbs this a lot better than water, right? That's so so you don't have to pee as much after drinking hoist as if you were to drink water. Well, now that's I had this with a bowl of chili <laughs> the other night, and it was good. <laughs> well, I tell you what, about that absorption, of course, man, you really ain't supposed to pee as much as we pee, man. I'm dead I know, serious. Man, I've been what? peeing a bunch no, all I'm my de- life. I'm dead serious. When you drink hoist... Yeah, it, you're, you're you're getting the right ratio of electrolytes. Mm-hmm. 
You stay moist. You don't, Brooke. <laughs> you ain't got to just piss all the time. Whoa, if, piss! If you if you if you're drinking the right ratio of electrolytes, yeah. what 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 you doing when you're peeing and you know it's all. It's, it looks just like water. It's because you you, drink, you you too much water. That's mm. what it is. Everyone mm. trying to drink two gallons of water a day is too got much. To give. Man. I'm tired of peeing. Yeah, <laughs> we got to find a different track, man. Oh, so uh, they don't open them bathrooms at that track. Corn gonna need a, a yeah, catheter. I tell you what. But anyway, hoist. We like this new bottle. Partnership with Real Tree. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. What flavor and is that, Chili? Blaze Orange. Blaze on what is blaze it? Oh, orange. it tastes like oranges. Yep, blaze it's camouflage. Orange. That's turkey season. That's yep. the flavor. Mm. Turkey yep. season. It so thank y'all. It. Thank you, Hoist, and thank you guys for supporting Hoist. Um, check them out at drinkhoist.com. Saved it. Yes, sir. We, really quick, we went on a run. Y'all talking about peeing too much. Chad pees more than any. Y'all know this. Oh, more it's, than it's any ridiculous. human. And I'm like, you need to go get your prostate looked at. The other day, we ran. We ran two and a half miles. That man stopped and four peed. times. Yeah, I think it was. It was either three or three f- during the middle four at the end. Yeah, I'm like this. We haven't even hit four miles, it's and you're prostrate. You're peeing once every mile. That's. Does anyone know what time Chad's getting in the Land Cruiser to head back to North Korea? Because he called me during this. I wonder if I should call him back. Yeah, he's. You know how he is. He can't. He can't be. You know. I, there were some of them questions we were answering. He didn't think we were doing a good job, so he wanted to chime in. I mean, look. I feel like he's going to have FOMO if people like this episode and they share it a lot. Like, if this episode gets shared more than episodes with him on it, he's going to be very upset. <laughs> well, that's not good. <laughs> don't worry about that. You don't think that would happen? <laughs> no. Did you but, have another question, Chili? But that's okay. Yes, uh, our man Keith from the Rock Course. Um, Keith Thompson? Yes. The boxer? Yes. He asked if everything, this is in reference to, I believe, last week, and it was a conversation that me and Chad had, if everything isn't a conspiracy slash propaganda ploy, but we know so much is, how do we discern? And I just wanted to address that question as we did talk about on the podcast last week. I also, personally, Blake may not, I think that's a very good question because... Well, that's right up your alley, man. Well, look, everybody has to take information as it comes i see my perception is you've got a camp of people that think absolutely everything that they read is true trustworthy 100 percent. the narrative following it to a t the media fox news cnn who whoever said this true <laughs> who who who's who's who <laughs> whatever and there's another camp who says, dang it, man, if they said it, it's a lie. Every aspect of it's a lie. There ain't no truth in it. Look, man, you're the same people. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. You are the same person. You either blindly reject or accept everything you hear. There's no evaluation of it. There's no investigation into it. There's nothing. Yes, you're opposite ends of it, but you're the same daggum person. So how do you discern... You ain't going to discern immediately. You're not going to hear it and then automatically know the answer to everything. Maybe you have good intuition and good judgment right off the bat and can kind of think, you know, okay, well, I know this and that. But you're going to have to look into each thing. You have to take everything on a case-by-case basis. If you start thinking that everything you ever hear is a lie, you're a daggum schizophrenic. I mean, you are. And then you literally will go into a rabbit hole so deep in that it's probably worse than the people who just believe everything they hear. So 
both sides need to take time to say, look, just because Fox News said this don't mean it's true. I need to look into this however best I can. You may struggle with that, but how you look into it is you check other other sources, okay? I know that doesn't sound like much when you go reference Fox News with CNN, but look, you have to start there. Then you have to look deeper. You have to investigate this. You have to talk to people who are actually on the ground in the situation. Like it may be some news story about these Navy SEALs that, um, you know, that died off the coast of Somalia. And everyone thinks that's a conspiracy theory. Maybe it is, man. I ain't looked at that one bit. But all I know is you ain't going to know whether it's true or not true based on what the media says. Okay? You mean you have to make an effort to be credible in yep. what you believe is yep. true and if untrue? You can, maybe you could find information from talking to their daggum families or somebody. I don't know who you could talk to. But, like, that, I'm telling you, that's the work it takes to discern it. And don't try to discern things immediately. And blind acceptance that it's either false or true right off the bat with no investigation is blind acceptance. So I would caution against either side of that. And I think that's a great question. Um, another question was, do you think the U.S. will collapse in the next years? These are chilly questions. I, well, I think, I think the U.S. <laughs> has already collapsed. Um, let's see. There was one more good one. Uh, do you believe we are living in the end times? Yes, that started when Jesus was uh, ascended to heaven. Those are the ones I wanted to get to. I think we should call Chad real quick and make sure Kim John's not diddling him somewhere. You oh. know what I mean? Real quick, what is what is in this container, dude? It's creeping me out. Uh, this is seaweed. Is that for your hair? <laughs> Look, I was doing body squats. Chili's hair has become majestic as the wings of a Pegasus. <laughs> I was I was do I was on number eighteen of twenty five body squats at the track, and he come by me and his hair said, and I was on number six of my sit ups, just like that, son. His hair said, well, I have been using this new shampoo with a. With with hemp in it. You mean you're washing your hair? How about that? It doesn't look like you've washed it. Well, I hadn't in a few days now. <laughs> you know when I back when I had long hair, this lady, it, this is funny story. It's not funny what caused it, but this lady used to have she would have uh, seizures, um, and she had one in the gym. You know they cut oh, the yeah. lights out. Yep, yep. And she was laying there. And so I was walking over to, you know, just like, hey, do y'all need anything? And she was kind of coming too. But the, I was walking up from the where the double doors are. It, you know, it's sunny outside. And so I was backlit. And she she thought she had died. And she thought I was Jesus walking up to her because wow. the, the light was behind me. And like I was silhouetted and I had this... This long hair. What the crap? <laughs> it was so crazy. Dude, we got, I think it's weird when Blake had long hair how much we got asked if we were twins. Well, somebody, uh, I don't know where we were recently together, and somebody's, oh, at um, Jennifer's dad's oh, funeral. Uh-huh. Uh, it was Ben or Woody, one of them two, and they, were, they thought you were me, oh. and they were like, man, I thought... Oh, I, I like just walk right by me or something, and uh, 
And I was like, oh, no, uh-uh. And they was like, I didn't realize your hair had gotten cut. Yeah, but. man. See, I'm telling you, like, I don't think real twins just walk down the street and get asked if they're twins as much as me and Blake did. Yeah. Oh, y'all get, because y'all look more alike than him and Chad look alike. That's in true. My Can we just talk about real quick that at the funeral, like at Jennifer's dad's funeral. Didn't you want to call Chad? Yes. Real quick. Look, <laughs> you're you doing just, a bunch of things real just, quick. You you just this said I know what you're going to try to talk about. My my hair was looking right. I was that's gonna, fine. I was no, gonna, we were all looking I was, right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I had no nice clothes. So I was the only one wearing jeans. And then we, Chad and I sit down. He looks rough. He hasn't washed his hair. It's nasty. Mm-hmm. We sit down and look at y'all. Mm-hmm. And y'all look like a bust can of biscuits. It's like bad. Blake's hair was terrible. Chili's hair was so oily, it looked like it was stuck in mm-hmm. one direction. Mm-hmm. And all everybody else in that place looked pristine. Yeah, it was wild. Oh, well, you know, we we're also like don't the have... dirty friends. Well, yeah, and we don't have, you know, we I'd, we didn't do well with our attire. We're uh, feral, look. We're feral. <laughs> and and that's, Eating you know... seaweed. <laughs> I know, look, Jennifer and James, we love them and they love us. And they don't care what we look like. Oh, they don't care. I, I, did, I thought it was kind of humorous. All right, I'm calling wow. him. Well, call him real quick. Don't don't rush me. Is Hurry it up. that one going? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Don't rush me. That's kind of loud. Yeah, it is loud. Whoa. Y'all ain't got them headphones on. Can you go Thanks down? Going? No, go ahead. Better. You can turn it down on your phone if you need, bro. Doesn't work. Mm. Look, now he's in the airport. What? He's in North flying? Korea. Is he flying? I thought he was driving. He done text me. Your call has been forwarded. Yeah, to he, he doesn't. Mu- I told be, you he wasn't going to answer. He, he done, must be held captive. He, he must be captured. Me, he doesn't tell me where he was at. Kim Jones diddling him right now. Yeah, he's, in, right. he's in the airport. He's been. He's in. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you. He's. You know that room they bring in in the airport. Wait, what are you talking about? He's not. You said he's driving back. Yeah, you, they done stole his car. I'm talking about they drug him to TSA. Blake's about to hit you with something. He's ready to go. You better let me read these super chats. Or, oh yeah, look, I'm just, he just texted him. You got YouTube? Got anything? Uh, super chats. All that's, right, that's what they got. Let's hear it. Okay, so ten dollars from Ryan Hewison. So that was his first super chat. Nicholas, thanks, Ryan. You're I going don't back from the beginning, bro. Yes. Oh, Nicholas. Did we always do this, don't we? Yeah. Just roll on, Chili's. Um, yeah. You guys are upsetting me. Um, Nicholas Z. Gradick, $5. Here's $5 for my beard fund. Trying to grow a beard like Chad's. Derek Carswell. Got to up that testosterone, buddy. Yeah. Gave $5. He said, hashtag bring Chad home. Um, somewhere yep. in Texas gave $10. Love you guys. Dave Bales gave nineteen ninety nine. Dang, Dave. Oh, Fear the beard. They like how I said that like that. Did you hear that? Did you hear the way I said it? Like a soldier. Um, Jesse Porter, oh yeah, gave $5 just in case y'all didn't hear before. This is for that haughty corn. Thank you, Jesse. Dang. Um, Alpha Ranch Militia Arm, good Lord, gave four ninety nine, and they said hype. Little Virgil gave one ninety nine. Little Virgil, he's always in there. Matt like likes to run gave oh is that matt we know that's 4.99 gonna be in your ao end of march beginning of april been a while since i've seen any of you in person would love to do lunch if it fits schedule heard um sean hurts gave five dollars 
Thank you, Sean. Sean Wright. Thank you, Sean Wright. Gave five quid. Chili, my T-shirt and stickers landed safely here in England this week. Well, praise the Lord. God bless y'all. Good grief. Some peoples have not, so I'm glad to hear that, Sean. Mad, mad, nine mil, gave 199. Love the show. Keep doing what y'all feel is right. Brandon Nesson gave $9.99. Love what y'all are doing. Thank you. Justin Milford gave twenty dollars. Good grief, Justin! Thanks, Justin. Justin. Justin's ten, been out ten, training, man. Ten, he's been, ten. He's cra- he said, Brooke, as an addict myself, I've learned that we literally have to rewire our brains, and it takes time, effort, and the refusal to quit, in spite of anxieties. Keep moving, sister. Our love will dwindle. Our anxiety will dwindle in due time. Love y'all. Hold on, <laughs> I, I have a call coming dwindle. in. Hey. Hello. What the heck? Are you guys still on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. We we haven't been held back by your freaking overwhelming speech. You know, we've been able to all speak freely. We haven't gotten sassed or... I've been eating seaweed. Said anything mean to us? We're reading you guys are, super chats, What is man. this? Like, what are you guys doing? Like a oh, podcast well, marathon? Babe, we just got a super chat from Garrick, 1999. He said, love you, best podcast ever. <laughs> Nice, Garrick. Garrick's my man. That's got a sting, man. Garrick's my man. Dang, boo, that's rough. Well, did we hit our thirty-five thousand for the new Land Cruiser to get me out of here? Almost, dude. How are you calling me right now? I told them about how you texted me that you got to the airport. They drug you from your Land Cruiser and took you to the security room in the airport. How are you calling me? Chili said Kim John was diddling you, boo. (laughs) Yeah, they've got me uh, locked down in the hallway here. don't quite know how I'm going to get out of this, but I did let one of the uh, North Korean nationals, uh, they did let me use their cell phone to make this phone call. Well, good. So, the NK. What'd they do with the uh, Yeah, what'd they do with your truck? That's a good question. It's still, sitting, it's still sitting on the border. They can't get it to start either. The U.S.-North <laughs> Korea border? Yeah, the U.S.-North Korea border, they can't get the land cruiser to start either. And um, unfortunately, the North Koreans are too dumb to know how to take the emergency brake off. Just put Hillary on that, boo. <laughs> She'll take care of you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the update. Okay. <laughs> well, that was good. Thanks, buddy. If you don't let Blake, yeah. let Brooke finish uh, reading these yep. super chats, Blake's going to kill gonna you. Blake's going to explode. So I'm, I'm, All right. I'm hanging up. We love you. All right. See you guys. See you, YouTube. Bye. Um. Okay, Jason Aberwald, four ninety nine. Thanks for encouraging me to seek Christ. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Mark eight thirty six. And other than Garrett saying Garrick saying the best podcast ever, that's it. I think Mike smells what not on today. Are you going to bring that up, man? You going to bring that up? Mike smells. Dad, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate all them super chats. Uh, yeah, that means a lot to us. Yeah, it really yep, does. It does. Mm. For sure. Thank you, guys. I think we did pretty good, personally. Like, without Chad, just keeping it flowing, you know? <laughs> good job, bro. Yeah. What? No. I just laugh because... How long would you? You're have about a, to make Blake really mad. How long would you have a podcast go? You'd go for five hours, wouldn't you? If, if yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I've enjoyed. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Well, like, I think I, it was my good. ears I, are sweating. <laughs> I have not forced. Like I have really enjoyed everything y'all have brought up. 
And the stuff Blake said, like I've, I've, like I've benefited from this conversation. Look, man, if so we I just would... let Blake talk on a week to week basis, it'd be a heck of a lot better. Well, I got to start being nicer to the people I love. Well, yeah, we too. all got things to work on. That's what we're going to do. That. Yeah. All right, who's signing us off? Well, guys, uh, I'll do that so no one else rambles on. I appreciate y'all <laughs> tuning in today. Uh, we're honored that you would listen. If you got something out of this episode, share it with people. Share it on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, TikTok, and all of them things. MySpace. Can they mention that it was a great episode without Chad? Just like you know. Well, if, if you, that's what they think, I wouldn't right. ask anybody to lie. No. But if that's how you feel, <laughs> then you're welcome to put that in there. And so we'll see you guys next Wednesday. If you ain't at the race, if you at the race, we'll see you on Saturday. Enough said.